Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. As always, you bring up whatever you want. Uh, though we're going to start things out with guests tonight. Don't have guests on too often, but this man is a man I think we've had on more often than any other guest in the history of the show. His name's Jim Babka. He's the president of DownsizeDC.org. Jim, are you with us? Yes, I am, and I'm thrilled to be here. I mean, you guys keep growing and growing and growing, and I've missed talking to you these last couple of months. Well, it's always, uh, you reached out to us, and of course, our, my, my immediate answer was yes, absolutely. It's definitely <laughs> been too long since we've uh, we've had you on, and uh, and happy 2009, Jim. Happy 2009. It's going to be a great year. There's a lot to do. Yeah, well, absolutely, and there's certainly going to be some uh, some new things coming up here for Downsize DC. We've had you on the show over the over the years uh, a number of times, <clears throat> obviously during uh, the Bush administration, and and you've been pretty critical of uh, of the the U.S. federal government during those years, Jim, at DownsizeDC.org. Are you going to be letting up for the new administration? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, in fact, they're going to give us a whole new set of things. I mean, I was starting to get tired of repeating the same stuff. I mean, this is great. I mean, from my perspective, the Obama rep- uh, uh, administration represents job security. Uh, I think we're going to have a whole bunch of things to talk about, brand new. And, and uh, I think, you know, the shift in being able to talk about some of these economic issues more, as we started to do over the last few months, and some of the uh, social engineering that uh, liberals are, are drawn to, uh, I think it's going to give us a chance to give people real education on some brand new issues. Well, let's go ahead and give uh, some of our listeners who might be brand new because uh, we've, we've added a few stations since you've been on. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's give them an update on well, or an introduction rather on what Downsize DC is. Well, DownsizeDC.org gives you an opportunity to communicate with your representative and two senators about the pressing issues of the day. Uh, it's it's bathrobe activism. You can sit down at your computer and do a couple clicks of the mouse and the keyboard. And there you're able to send a message. And uh, the great thing about sending these messages is that you're not alone. We like to say that no snowflake believes itself responsible for the avalanche. And that means that you are joined with thousands of others uh, who help magnify your voice. Our system is uh, uh, provide, simply just come to it. You, you type in your contact information. It tells you who your representative and two senators are. And basically everything that you need is right there on the page for being able to send your own personalized message. You can get up to speed very quickly. It's just a matter of minutes. You participate, and then you go about your day and, uh, and, and, and live your life like you planned, because I don't believe that the founders designed a country where we were supposed to spend all of our time obsessing about politics. Well, far too much of our time, is, it seems, uh, spent obsessing about politics, but I, I would agree that your system does a really great job of making it very easy as far as uh, getting the most pressing issues out in front of the public and making it easy for them to communicate with their uh, Congress critters out there. I, I don't know how much the Congress critters listen, but I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I have an opportunity to... Uh, to, to talk to them in this manner, and I do it every single time. How many, uh, like weekly, how many updates do you think you send out? Uh, we send out somewhere between three and six uh, updates a week. I would say on a good average week is four to five. Uh, most business days is when we send it. We had a special message we sent out today because we wanted to uh, say a couple of things, such as I will be on free talk tonight. And, uh, but uh, most of the days we send those out, and our downsizer dispatch, uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback on this in recent months, and you know, I kind of thought of it as just part of what it was that we did every day to kind of crank the, turn the crank. But uh, we're getting a lot of feedback on the dispatch itself and people telling us how much they actually appreciate this newsletter. And so uh, I would encourage people, if even if maybe they uh, – there's, there's plenty of issues to choose from on the campaigns tab there at DownsizeDC.org. If 
But if you just want to kind of test this out and see what we're doing, just go ahead and subscribe to the list. You can either send a message to your representative center, or we'll subscribe you automatically, or you can uh, use the subscription form on one of the other pages and just try out the list and see what it is, what kind of content we, we put out, and uh, see what you think of it. And if you don't like it, there's a simple uh, link there that you can click to get right out. Uh, but we send this out about uh, four or five times a week. Yeah, people know that uh, that their their Congress people and other Congress people out there are proposing and getting and voting for and getting involved with all kinds of laws that they don't like. But the vast majority of them don't even, can't even name their two senators and one representative. That's what I really like about uh, Downsize DC is it just makes it so easy. You put in your name, you put in your address, bam, 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 it's all done. Yeah, it really does. In fact, it's so easy. Uh, I have to say I'm spoiled by it, Jim, because there are some other activist groups that are out there that are encouraging their uh, interested parties to contact representatives. And I, I look at the, what they've sent out via email, and they're saying, well, you have to go and look up their phone number, and then you have to call, and then there's all these steps involved. And I'm, I think to myself, why don't you just license Jim Babka's technology? <laughs> Uh, well, better yet, just send them to us. I mean, you know, we've yeah. got we're, we're covering so many issues at the website right now, and and we'll be uh, adding some more here in the coming weeks. And and you know, so many things we're ta- we're, we're touching base on. And we've got a couple campaigns that we added late last year as we anticipated what was coming that are very general in nature, like you know, uh, you know, stop uh, government spending, uh, uh, you know, stop uh, stop government tax increases. I mean, these are pretty general campaigns where people can pretty much fill in whatever they want into it. So if they want to send a message to their friends and say, hey, let's all rally to stop this tax or this spending, you know, those campaigns exist at the at the campaign page. Yep, and you can go and you can pick and choose which ones are most interesting to you. And, again, if you're on the Downsize DC Dispatch, there's always something new coming out that uh, you will let people know what's ha- what's happening. Can you feature a campaign for us tonight here, Jim? What's, uh, what's Well, what? let's talk about one that I think will be of interest to you guys and your audience. Uh, it's, it's, it happens to be our latest campaign as well, but I think this is one that's got, you know, right up you guys, your alley. Uh, there's a civil war going on down in Mexico, yep. and, and this civil war is uh, in basically entirely the product of the war on drugs mm. and the high black market obscene profits that drug uh, cartels have made have allowed them to basically go to war with the government of Mexico. And our own Pentagon, just uh, about two weeks ago, uh, issued a report stating they believe it was a realistic possibility that the government of Mexico could topple during this year. There are four cartels south of the border. Uh, in 2006, the, uh, the new Mexican president basically declared war on them, uh, but they have money, and so they fought back, and they fought back very hard. Uh, last year, there were more than 5,000 murders and wow. more than 1,000 counted kidnappings. Human rights groups estimate the kidnappings could be approaching 3,000, which would be higher uh, than the number of kidnappings that occur in Iraq. There's a city just south of the border called Ciudad Juarez. Mm-hmm. 1,600 of the murders occurred in Ciudad Juarez. And each night, the politicians of Ciudad Juarez drive across the border into Texas and spend the night at their residences with their families in El Paso. Now, the question that we ask is, how long before this drug war spills over into the United States? It's my understanding that it already has There's been. There's been skirmishes uh, here in the United States, and uh, you know, our law enforcement officers of all uh, national and state levels are trying to deal with it. It's local level, too. Well, the interesting thing about this, uh, I mean, Jim, is that the Mexican government has created this opponent. They created them from nothing by enforcing prohibition in the first place. Well, uh, if they hadn't enforced prohibition... The United States government created and the, the opponent U.S. government. Because the, uh, and, and the fact is, sorry, 
Mexico is a client state of the, um, you know, a, a Central American client state of the United States. That's it. Um, if if we don't like the uh, who's in charge over there, we change it as we being the United States, uh, you know, government. Yes. Well, my point is, though, that the OK, we can add the U.S. government to this. But these governments, U.S. and Mexican, by persecuting this war on drugs, they empowered these criminals. They put uh, they put billions of dollars into their hands because they created the black market through prohibition. Isn't it? It's just, it's exactly just bewildering. Right. That's exactly right. And, and, and we have it here, too. And, and a lot of the money and the guns, by the way, that they're purchasing, uh, the black market guns that are running down there. Uh, both money and guns are coming from the United States. We're the number one supplier for the gar- cartels in terms of their guns are coming from the states, and we are the number one. Our country uh, consumes uh, the majority of the drugs. They are what Colombia was, say, 15 years ago. And so it is entirely because of the obscene profits that are available from black market uh, run- drug running that they're able to finance this war, that they're able to buy the bullets, the guns, to get the troops together. And if you wanted to end this, it could be ended in a snap. You just simply end the war on drugs. It's just that simple. Yep, just it would be just that simple. And that's what because you're... Because then the profits that come from the war on drugs, it wouldn't be worth... I mean, that's how gangs get their money. Exactly. And, and speaking of gangs, and you guys did... Uh, accurately point out that this has already spread north of the border. One of the other things that we illustrated on our website, uh, it could be on the Talking Points page or maybe it's on the campaign page itself, uh, but if they go to, people go to this campaign, which is right at the top of the campaign, uh, to, you know, you click the campaign tab if you go to downsidesdc.org, it's right there at the top. Click on that campaign and you'll be able to read this. One of the things we talked about is that gangs have moved far north. These Mexican drug gangs are in northern states like Massachusetts, for example. And you're making it easy for people to take action on this, and I want to come back with more of you, Jim. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. Perhaps you have a question for Jim while we have him here. We'll have him here for the uh, at, at least the remainder of this, uh, this next segment. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program, the toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where we have the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com for SACL CAI. It's right there at the top of the uh, banner column. So we continue here with Jim Babka. He's the president of DownsizeDC.org, an organization founded, uh, it's been a few years now, and you've been constantly growing ever since uh, the day you were founded, Jim. And the the purpose of DownsizeDC.org is to make it easy for individuals to contact their so-called representatives in uh, Washington, D.C. And we know that for the most part, these guys just don't tend to listen. Uh, I mean, anybody who's ever picked up their phone and talked to one of these people before or one of their aides, I guess probably very few people have actually <coughs> spoken with the, uh, these individuals. Uh, but when they've tried to contact these people, especially if you, if you look, at, look back at like the bailout bill, bill for instance, it can be very frustrating because it seems like you aren't being listened to. Jim, how is it that Downsize DC could, could possibly change that situation? 
Well, first, I'd like to say that we now uh, have chronicled uh, 16 uh, victories since we uh, were since the beginning of 2006, <clears throat> and so in every one of those instances, I believe, uh, um, with, with one possible exception, we were either in the leadership or a participant uh, in a coalition. And uh, it, it, that points to the, the ultimate long-term strategy, which is to build an army that's so big that Congress cannot afford to ignore it. Uh, we put the number of subscribers right there on the top of our homepage, and our goal, our real goal, is to grow that number <clears throat> as much as we possibly can so that we can get to the point where they just can't afford to ignore us. There's too many people contacting them, and not just by using the uh, proprietary system that we use to contact them electronically. But, you know, we, on occasion we add phone calls on top of that, and sometimes, you know, or eventually we hope to begin organizing uh, groups of people to meet their congressmen locally, to meet them in Washington. We look to get to the, to the point where we're so big that we can buy advertising and just inundate the market so that they just can't resist hearing the message anymore. And I think that repetition is a very important factor, and that's something that I think Downsize DC does pretty well. You uh, you can converge multiple thousands of activists on one particular issue at any given moment, and then a week or two later, you can converge them all again uh, right. just by sending out an email. So it's a really great leverage factor so, that you have. Jim, it would be relatively easy for um, the, uh, the, the Congress critters to ignore anything that came in from Downsize DC. How do you avoid something like that? Well, the, the, the main method that we have is that you can personalize the message. I mean, we usually, so that our system isn't hijacked, uh, provide the first sentence or two uh, for you to send. But after that, the message is yours to personalize. Uh, the way that the message is delivered through the uh, respective web forms of the representative and two senators lets them know that they are hearing from a real constituent and that they should pay attention to it. The personalization means that they're not getting a form letter. They're getting the real opinions someone has taken the time to write to them. And they do count, and they do report those numbers. And, you know, this, the exception, Ian, you just pointed to was the bailout in the fall. And we now know, uh, you know, with hindsight, that the Congress was basically threatened. They were told that uh, the situation was – they were lied to and told the situation was so bad, so dire, that immediate action was required. Otherwise, there was potential riots in the streets and that they would end up having to declare martial law and, that, and uh, maybe even their own – uh, existence in Washington, their personal safety and that of their family would be threatened. This is how Congress was gotten to this time. Every other time that overwhelming pressure has been mounted that I'm aware of, we've turned the tide. All right, good. Well, I think that DC.org is uh, is probably one of the only uh, useful organizations there in Washington to actually yeah. affect some change. I love that. Uh, I love that you use the web forms that the, uh, the 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 Congress people have on their own websites rather than sending them an email that you know has a big Downsize DC across the top or something right. like that because they could just turn that into spam and off it goes and then you're it's a waste of time. But now it's coming in from their website, their particular form. Well, that's because that's what the Downsize DC software does behind the scenes yes. when you click. That's why it's uh, so powerful. Right. When you click one button on Downsize DC to uh, submit these uh, these uh, letters to these so-called reps, uh, your software literally goes to their web form and fills in all the necessary information so that you don't have to. And it really makes it – you know, of course, it's all transparent. You don't see any of that happening. It's just going on, uh, again, behind the scenes. And so really it's a brilliant system you've devised. And people that are interested in uh, learning more should go to DownsizeDC.org and get on board. Uh, again, lots of campaigns 
that you can get involved in. You mentioned the Mexican Civil War one, which is really, I mean, and uh, one of the other things you know I love about your organization, Jim, is you stick to principle. You aren't a partisan organization. You'll go after the Democrats just like you'll go after the Republicans. And when it comes to the issues, you take a true uh, pro-freedom position. I mean, on the uh, the Mexican Civil War issue, it says right here on the campaign description that it's time to end drug prohibition. I mean, you're not candy-coating anything here. No, we're definitely not, I and mean, we don't want to. Uh, what we do try to do, though, is not try to be abrasive or not try to be obnoxious or, or even get too far out ahead of the pack. We want to make arguments that we can use to appeal to the mainstream. I had a lunch <clears throat> a couple months ago with a donor, and he said to me that everybody in his family thinks he's a kook. And he said, but he says, I've taken your messages now, and I've been able to forward these messages to them. And they say, wow, this really makes some sense. And so he said to me, please do me a favor. Don't ever become a kook like me. And I laughed, <laughs> but I really appreciated the sentiment because we are trying to be broad. We are trying to be transpartisan. And the argument that we've made, for example, on, the, on this drug war issue is a very practic, pragmatic, a practical, pragmatic uh, uh, argument. I mean, we're, uh, the same argument can be made about the, the, the Taliban and al-Qaeda growing poppy over in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, it, too, is funding terrorism. And so, uh, you know, we've just, we're trying to do this in a way that can reach out in, in a very broad way. We try to look for that lever in every issue that has the potential to reach the widest audience and be the least partisan or divisive in reaching that audience. Yeah, and I'd have to say that uh, there are a couple more big ones right there on the front page of Downsize DC, which include the, uh, the End the Fed mm-hmm. campaign. And we're working people. with End the Fed to do that. I mean, they're, they're, they've got a, this is a national campaign with uh, a few different groups involved in it, but it's being spearheaded by End the Fed. And, they contacted us and asked us to join with them. There's That's going to be great. demonstrations and, and other stuff culminating in May, and we're going to help uh, hopefully deliver some petitions uh, to Washington, help them uh, spread the word uh, about this initiative. We also have a complimentary campaign with that one called the Honest Money Campaign that would uh, allow for competitive currency against the fiat currency, making the Fed less and less relevant if we could do that. And so we've got a couple of different approaches on that issue and a, and a wide variety of others. So our listeners that have not yet been should head over to DownsizeDC.org to get signed up for this. It's such an easy process. You sign up once, then the next time you come back in, all you have to do is log into the website, click a, a button or two, and you have sent off uh, you've sent off a message to your so-called representatives. And as you said, Jim, you're welcome to customize it as much or as little as you feel so inspired. And it'll also get you onto the Downsize uh, DC dispatch list to keep you in the loop as to what's going on with DownsizeDC.org. Uh, anything else you wanted to share with our listeners tonight, Jim? No, I, I think that pretty much covers everything, and I just to encourage people to come to the site, and congratulations to you guys. I mean, it seems like every time I'm on here, you guys have made some more some new leap in growing the show, and it's just really exciting that people are embracing this message of liberty in the, in the entertaining way you're delivering it. Well, it's, it's about darn time. Thank you, Jim, for the call. <laughs> Certainly appreciate hearing from you and uh, talking to you as always. All right, bye, guys. Yes, sir. DownsizeDC.org. That's Jim Babka. He is the man in charge over there, and you should check him out. 800-259-9231 is our number. You can bring up what you want. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, toll-free, 800-259-9231. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. 
to find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave. Log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's the Live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all completely free for you. Just head over to listen.freetalklive.com, and you can access those free. Again, listen.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative from PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. You get a free account. Yep, absolutely. You can test the waters there. Totally free. PrivacyHarbor.com. We continue going to JB, listening to WFLA in Tampa. Hello, JB. JB, you are on Free Talk Live. Go in once. JB going twice. Question. Hello. There he is. That, uh, same old question that I um, spoke with the libertarian candidate six years ago, and he couldn't answer, and it's simply this. You know, you condone the slave trading uh, of the um, the traders selling the drugs, so we legalize whoa, whoa, whoa. drugs. Slow down. Slow we- down. I'll let you get all the question out, but I just have to cl- – ask you for clarification here when you say you condone the slave trading of slave traders selling drugs what do you mean well if you look at webster's dictionary the de- the definition of a slave is someone is controlled by someone or someone or, or something so that when you when you when you're allowing people to control other people by selling them a substance that's going to control them and they no longer have the free free will to control themselves Webster calls them slave traders. Okay, so, so you're creating slaves in these people, and the problem the t- is the presidential doing the same candidate thing? couldn't answer. Are the tobacco companies doing the same thing? Well, I don't think I don't think if you look if you look at the statistics in this country, and you seem to be intelligent young men, if you look at statistics in the country, seventy percent of the crime is not, is not caused by cigarettes, sir. But seventy <laughs> no, no, percent of the crime is caused by illegal drugs. Right, but the illegal drugs don't make people crazy or anything. What they do is well, they cost minute, so much. They cost so much that um, the people yeah. have to commit crimes in order to get them. You know now you don't see people that, robbing people for cigarettes because they're legal. It's the illegality that causes people to commit crimes. Absolutely, that 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 argument doesn't wash because what you have you can take a you can take a millionaire drug addict who becomes a crackhead on the street and given enough time that millionaire drug addict with the with the freedom to use as many drugs as they like will become that criminal crackhead on the street. Yeah. So, How many you know, stories of that? That's, what you're talking about is in a paradigm where drugs are illegal. Like I, I will fine. We'll we'll say that your little scenario is true, and that's okay. But it's because the drugs are illegal that the millionaire would have to go out and commit crime. You see, uh, people no. people that smoke cigarettes can work at a minimum wage job and continue to be, uh, uh, you know, a- addled and addicted and s- enslaved to cigarettes. Um, and the same with alcohol. The same with the caffeine, the same with all the substances that are legal, and that's really the only difference. How can you reject that, JB? The result 
the result from the drug use. You cannot compare to caffeine or cigarettes. That's an immature. Right. It's uh, no the result of the war on drugs. I can't try com- and compare. The illegal use of drugs. Why don't we execute sellers? <laughs> Why don't we execute cigarette we smokers? If we execute sell, if we execute slave traders, then we will no longer have to worry about people using drugs. So they'll still come okay. in. Well, all right. There's, 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 there's more than a hundred thousand people convicted of drugs every year. Do you want to execute all execute them too? Them? Oh, wow! Look, yeah, look, look, look how much look how much money we save thirty thousand a year times a hundred thousand. Okay, that's up into the billions that we're paying to house these people. You know, if we took the Singapore or the, or the uh, Middle East um, model, then we'd have a, a have state like problem. Singapore, or the Middle, Middle East. East president. Maybe he can do that because Singapore and the Middle East have no drugs whatsoever in their countries, right? Well, don't they execute? Some of them do. Out yeah, there. I, I know and, that there are some countries what, that do that, but do I don't want to live in Singapore or the Middle East. Why don't you move to Singapore or the Middle East if they're so great? No, no. Why? Why don't you get the drug? Why don't you get the slave traders? Why do you right. condone slave okay, trading? Okay, let's stop in the right there, Mark. You've had a good chance. Okay, I've made a great. I've made a great argument. You just won't. He's not listen. listening. He's not. <laughs> so let me try with JB here, okay? JB. Okay, that's fine. Now you're saying that. Let me see if I understand what you're saying. You're saying that drug dealers are actually slave. Traders or slave masters. Look, look up the definition of Webster Dictionary. I just want to make sure that's what you're trying it's to say here. Right? By someone or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've, you're repeating absolute... yourself now. That's what you're okay. saying, right? You're saying that drug it's dealers are the equivalent. Correct. So you're telling me now when you say drugs, you're separating drugs from you. You mean illegal drugs. You don't mean cigarettes and alcohol, or rather nicotine and alcohol. You've given them special exceptions. Caffeine, I guess you'd also give a special exception for caffeine. Yes, I, yes, I would. Okay, so so essentially you. You only consider drugs to be what are labeled illegal drugs. Is that right so far? Uh, no. That I'm what I'm saying to you is what I'm what I'm saying is that the slave traders aren't dealing in caffeine. They aren't dealing in, in cigarettes. Oh, you can right uh, black market drug dealers. Legal. JB, black let me explain this to cigarettes. you. If you can just be you quiet for one moment, I can explain this to you, sir. The reason why black market drug dealers are not doing business in cigarettes and alcohol and coffee is because all three of those products are legal. They don't have a financial incentive to do business in those areas. Once you prohibit a product, and you'd think Americans would have learned this from alcohol prohibition in the early part of the 20th century, but apparently not. When you prohibit a product or service, it immediately goes under ground. And the more draconian the punishment, the more criminality you will see in the black market. So if you get what you are asking for, JB, and you demand that uh, and you get uh, the, uh, the a death penalty for selling a bag execution, of marijuana, JB, of if you get correct. what you're asking for, what you're going to get in return is the most vindictive, ruthless, criminal, violent drug dealers in the marketplace, whereas right now the marijuana trade, for instance, is, uh, is populated with mostly relatively easygoing dealers that are just trying to cover the cost of their own uh, usage, you would get the most criminal individuals doing business because, well, they'd be taking the highest risk and the, the risk of death if they, uh, if they are caught doing what they're doing. But, but let's, let's separate things for a moment here because you're just calling illegal drugs drugs and you're saying that they're all slavery. So I'm, would you I'm say that as a, excuse me, JB, here's a question cocaine. for you. Here's a question. As someone who has used marijuana more times than I can count, would you call me a slave? Um, Have you been addicted to marijuana where marijuana makes the decisions and you don't? No. 
How many, how many times have you used crack cocaine, sir? Never. Okay. If, if you had that experience, sir, with it, probably within a 90-day period of time, you would no longer be called, if your name is Mr. Smith, you wouldn't be Mr. Smith. You would be whoever the slave trader wanted you to be. Okay, so you are admitting, no J.B., what then, no. what you've just admitted there, J.B., is that there's a difference between marijuana and crack cocaine. You've already separated them into two different categories. So okay. so is a marijuana dealer a, a slave trader, or is it just the crack dealers and the meth I, dealers? I think, I th here's what I think you need to look at in order to make that determination. I'm asking you because, that question. Okay, well, because I'm going to go on a government statistic and say, and look Talk at about say, reliable. That, that of the 70% of the, I deal with people who are incarcerated, so I, I can understand this are problem. Are you a CO? And, and let, me, let me just tell you this. Of the 70% of the people who are incarcerated for the use of illegal drugs, if 80, if 90% if of those people or 80% of those people are in there because of crack cocaine or hair, heroin addiction or, or use or some other that, and there's 2% or 5% in their marijuana uh, use and the marijuana, and the marijuana uh, addiction, okay, and and that's no greater than um, wait, wait, uh, J people J drunk, running over people with drinking Jack Daniels. I don't have a problem with that. JB, we I'm have the largest is, population of prisoners in the world that the world has ever seen in the United States, and we have these things that you just said. Eighty percent of the people are in, um, in, incarcerated for that. Maybe we need to try something different because the war on drugs, yeah. as we're cr prosecuting it currently, uh, is not working. Would, would you like to execute the drug users too, JB? No, I would like to execute the slave traders, sir. But do you include marijuana dealers in the slave trader I category? Would, I, I would not make a blanket statement on marijuana for one simple reason. We're going to come back with more of JB here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, uh, Free Talk Live, free talk, amazon.freetalklive.com is the place to get it. For uh, There are dozens of categories in which you can shop, including used items. So I was just looking for a new scanner because I think mine has finally crapped the bed. And they have they had so many choices, it was almost, uh, it was, it was almost a difficult process us to choose which one to uh, to buy, but luckily they have user reviews, which makes it uh, a lot easier when you can see what other people think about the products. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get the stuff you need and help Free Talk Live out at the same time. We continue. Going back to JB, listening to WFLA uh, in Tampa. JB, you would called in to essentially agitate for a greater war on drugs. It's very rare that we'll talk uh, to somebody like you. Uh, I know we that. We talk and about I'm the war on drugs you, a lot on this show. You, you espouse a libertarian view that, look, I don't care what you do, and you shouldn't care what I do, as long as I don't go. What I do inside my house causes me to go outside my house and take something from you, steal from you, right. murder you. Hey, I'm with you. you as are. long as you don't infringe upon my freedom, then right. you should be free to do what you want. However, I think right. one of the points right. you've missed here, JB, and I'd like to make it briefly here and allow you to respond to it. Uh, That's fine. That is that. 
the drug users you're talking about, the meth heads, the crackheads, the ones that are really just hooked and they need to get that next fix, I think the point you're missing is that it's not the smoking of the crack that makes a crackhead want to go out and rob somebody or break into a home or break into a car. It's the fact that they don't have any money left and they need to get some money in order yeah. to get their next fix that, that right. uh, puts them in that position. And the reason why Absolutely. it's so expensive, JB, for them to get their next fix is because the black market increases prices of drugs by thousands of percents. These very same drugs could be in the legal marketplace available at your local uh, drugstore for the same price as a bottle of aspirin or thereabouts if we actually had a free marketplace and we did not have drug prohibition. And if that were the case, then the average uh, crackhead would not have to be breaking into people's homes because they could afford their crack habit. And endangering innocent citizens. Right. They could afford their crack habit with the average job. Do you understand that point or is it still going over your head? I absolutely do. Okay, so if you understand that point, J.B., I absolutely understand your point, and that's a valid point. And here's the thing. And you know what? The, the crackhead, who, like we had one here, I'm just giving you stuff that's in the newspaper. The principal, you know, they locked him up a year ago at school because he was going through a divorce, decided, decided to cry, try crack in, de- in December. Within 60 days, he was buying crack in a school and he lost his job. Now, let's say the guy's making $50,000 a year and crack's legal. Uh-huh. And so he can afford... And, and if this habit was costing him 500 a week or 1,000 a week, whatever it was costing him, and we got it down to 200 a week, so it's manageable economically. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go out and and call, create a crime on another person. That's right. It, it, okay. So we we need to manage. We need to make it eco- economically feasible to buy heroin, crack, cocaine, whatever. That so would happen in a free anybody. market. Yes. Right. Here's the problem with that. With that. What's that? Thinking. At what point in time does that crack cocaine affect his job performance, his ability to function? All fine and questions. Those type of issues. Sure. It, and then, so then he loses his job, but because he's dependent upon that. And we're, you, we're using a JB, principle, say. I'm going to answer your question. 70. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Really appreciate hearing from you. Allow me to answer that question. I uh, used to live down there in the Tampa Bay area, and I knew somebody who was in the construction trade. And he told me that he would hire a crackhead over an alcoholic any day of the week. Right. You know why? Because they'll show up for work. They that really crackhead need it. is there at 6 in the morning. They're ready to work because they well, need a but, fix. But it the alcoholic like you're, you're is calling, cr- doing crack The here, alcoholic I, is calling in, and I'm hungover. I can't come in. I'm sick. Well, I, it Look, sounds no, like you're I'm supporting, supporting the use crack. Of, but, and, and what I'm I'd not. like to say is, uh, JB was asking, what, when do we allow the use of drugs to uh, you know, say that it's affecting a person's work? And I would say, that's up to that person's boss. Exactly. And, and As th- it is th- now, with an right, alcoholic. With, with an alcoholic or... Uh, um, cigarette smoker. I mean, couldn't somebody be such a, a terrible cigarette smoker that they have to go out every half an hour minutes. to smoke a cigarette yeah. for five or well, I guess six, eight, ten minutes, whatever it takes. To I smoke don't want to employ that person. Right. You know. So I mean, the fact is that your addiction would affect your employment, even with legal drugs. These people, I mean, a bad alcoholic is going to have a heck of a time holding down a job as a, a school right. principal, which requires all kinds of decision-making ability. Legalizing drugs or decriminalizing drugs does not end tragedy. 
but it does drastically reduce it. Right. The fact is, it's the war on drugs that's the larger tragedy. Absolutely. As we've shown with JB, and you know, I he he seemed to get some of the points, and that's a good thing. But it's the war on drugs. It's the fact that they're they're increased, artificially increased by the fact that they're illegal that's causing all the problem. So true. And the solution is never. To use more force, which is what JB's solution was, was, well, we just need to have a bigger war and put these people to death. No, that doesn't solve any of the problems, because if you start putting drug dealers to death, as I said before, it just brings in the most vicious, uh, the most ruthless dealers into the marketplace, and it doesn't stop the users from wanting to use. So as long as you have people out there that are demanding a product or service in the marketplace, there will be someone who will take the risk and fill it. Yep. So the people that take the risk to fill the demand for illegal drugs in a marketplace where it has been prohibited and the death penalty has been added to it are the most vicious, ruthless criminals you can possibly imagine. And you can better believe they're going to go down in a hail of gunfire, unlike your average dealer that's probably likely just going to give up and right. take a plea bargain. In- increasing the penalties is going to endanger the police officers out there because they're going to be up against these more desperate criminals. It's going to endanger the um, the average citizen that much more because the prices will be the prices increased are going to go up, yep. um, greatly because it's uh, the penalties are higher. So therefore, you gotta, you're endangering me, my yep. wife, who's a drug treatment counselor, uh, uh, or you know, uh, has gone to college for it. Now she's a full time mom. You know, my little baby. The fact is, one of these 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 people that needs their drugs so badly is going to break into um, you know homes and kill people and steal stuff. We don't need that. Right. What we need is compassion. What we need is understanding. What we need is love for people that are addicted to drugs. If people have a problem and it's getting in the way of their work and it's getting in in the way of their family, then they need to have that problem worked out by their family and by their uh, employer. It's a private issue. Locking them up is not going to help them. Right. Locking them up or the person that sold it to them is not going to solve this problem. It's a private issue and it needs to be dealt with privately, just like alcoholics are dealt with privately. And compassionately. Can we have the same compassion for people that are addicted to other drugs? I don't have a lot of compassion for alcoholics or people that are addicted to any drug. Personally, I feel that they've made the choices that have resulted. It's um, in, you know, in whatever they have. I'm not interested. That know, doesn't mean they shouldn't get help if they ask for it. They, they should be able to get help, and they, I want them to get help if they're asking right. for help. I, you know, I'm liable to to do what I can to get them some help. It's the fact that they're doing. It. I don't feel any compassion for them. What in fact I feel like is I don't want their decisions to result in bad things for me and my family. And the war on drugs results in that. Let's continue with your phone calls. John, listening in Austin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John in Austin, Texas. Hello there. Yeah, hey. Hey, you're on the air. Listen, um, my thoughts on it, I could see legalizing marijuana, but some of the other drugs, I think, remain and still need to be legal. Why? The chemical drugs like ecstasy, uh, meth, these things that are chemical compounds kind of whip up. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think there are chemical compounds inside that marijuana leaf? No, no, but that's an organic growth. Oh, I see. When, I'm talk- when I say chemical compounds, like basically ecstasy where you're well, compounding... Compounding from a formula. Ecstasy was legal. Uh, was uh, became illegal in the mid '80s. Before that, it was a pres- prescription drug. Were you alive before the mid '80s? <laughs> yeah. Was the world on fire and people running down the streets, uh, killing each other? No. Let no, me tell you, Mark, if, if more people whoa, 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 took whoa, whoa, ecstasy, God, that would not God. happen. 
guys, what I'm saying is, with it being illegal and with people producing it, mm-hmm. okay, like in a, a, a black market environment, you know, there are no controls. God knows what they cut so some of this stuff with. So legalizing be in it would result in uh, people producing it in, an, in a laboratory environment where it could be tested and, uh, you know, it's licensed. We'll come back with more. If you want to hang on, we'll bring it back after the news. Plus, looks like we've got another drug warrior possibly on wow, the line. If, they will, if you hang on, we will get to you here. Uh, eight, this is an unusual night. 800-259-9231. Usually we can't get drug warriors to come out if we beg. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. It doesn't have to be drug war related. Uh, It can be whatever you want. That's the point of the show. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want in this live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Last hour, we were talking about the war on drugs and actually managed to find a a drug warrior who called in without even us asking for drug warriors to call in, uh, which is uh, which is nice because uh, we were always asking for that to happen, and it very, very rarely ever does. So that led to an interesting conversation about legalization or decriminalization of drugs and the reasons for it. Uh, and we continue here with a conversation with uh, John in Austin, Texas. Uh, John, who was pointing out just a few moments ago, a position that I at one time was familiar with because I once held it myself. Mark, I believe you also held a similar position yes. in the past. And that, uh, John, just a recap for our listeners that might just be tuning in, was that you said that you could understand why marijuana should be decriminalized or legalized and may, you know, maybe mushrooms or something like that because those are more natural than, say, something like uh, MDMA or LSD or, cr- or crack cocaine. Same or words like have come that. out of my mouth. And so, uh, so does that pretty much accurately represent where you were coming from? Yeah, the the uh, drugs that have to be basically manufactured, uh, like we were talking. I, I had mentioned ecstasy. Yes. And I and I can't remember which one of you said it, but it it would have been a legal drug and and it had was legalized. And it, I just remembered during the break the reason it was legal was and why they called it designer drugs was they would alter the molecular structure so that it couldn't be classified and until they changed the law that's not no, correct no i'm sorry true. it was used for uh, it was used sure? for marriage counseling they they do make d- designer drugs and what you're saying is true that was not true for ecstasy um, ecstasy was a drug that was used for marital counseling psychiatrists and things like that mdma is the actual uh, short chemical version of ec- of uh, the street name drug ecstasy and mdma is very very specific in in how it's uh, constructed but but i want to get back to the point that you were making and then we can we can continue on uh, into where we're going next 
context. But the point you were making before is that, well, these, uh, these street drugs, these chemical-y drugs are very dangerous because uh, there's no quality control methods, and so you never know what you're going to get. And indeed, when you, are going, when you go to a club or you go to a rave or something like that and you're offered what they call ecstasy, there is no guarantee that what you're getting is pure MDMA. What you may be getting is what's more commonly known as a, a bean on the street, uh, which is essentially a, a bunch of different drugs. Uh, it's probably mostly speed. It could be DXM. Uh, there could be uh, all kinds of different things cough syrup. in there. And uh, so that could be dangerous because somebody's expecting one thing and they get something else. But that's actually a point for legalization because, well, how many aspirin bottles have you ever bought that were made in somebody's back kitchen? Or in their shed? Well, that's yeah, because right. That's because right, those products legal, are legal. Right. And they're available through the legal marketplace where people can compete openly to provide those products to their customers. And they can compete on the basis of product purity. And they can compete on the basis of safety. And those things aren't available in the black market. So really, that's a strong, strong point uh, for legalization. Because if people are able to purchase things legally, then they know exactly what they're getting. They can get dosage information. They can get harm reduction tips. And it's all out in the open. Doesn't that make sense? Well, it makes sense, but uh, here's the other thing, the other side of the equation for me also is these drugs are, when misused, um, just tear people's lives apart. Can can you say that about alcohol, John? Yeah, alcohol, too. Should we make that illegal again? No, but here's where I'm I'm going with this, guys. Okay. All right. Is... We know what these drugs can do to people. We know what alcohol can do. We know what prescription drugs can do. I know what people do to themselves, but the drugs... Yeah, exactly. The drugs and just... I think Go ahead. the current... The way we're fighting the war on drugs right now is not effective. Absolutely true. What would you like to see instead? I would like to see a real education program so that people understand exactly what this stuff is what it can do to you, okay, an education program. And I think warning and prevention would go a long way to eliminate the problem. So why not end the war on drugs, stop throwing drug users and dealers in jail, make it so that they can be purchased in the legitimate marketplace, and engage in a campaign of education? Possibly so. That would be a good thing because then not all of the uh, – first of all, jail does not help an addict. Uh, it, no. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I mean, I've been no, in jail doesn't. with addicts before, and I, all, I, all they talk about is getting out so they can get another fix. Uh, plus, some of them can actually get their fix in jail. So yeah. jail is – in fact, I mean, talk about proof that the war on drugs doesn't work. The fact is drugs can get into prisons. I mean, that's just how effective the black yeah. market is at, no, at doing what it does. So, so we stop putting uh, innocent, peaceful people in prison. That would go a long way to keeping families whole and, and helping actually helping people with their problems. And if people it have a problem, they can seek crime. the help they're looking for. It would cut down on street crime. Uh, you it better be believe a it. Of revenue. A it'd lot of be it. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and people would be safer. 
And, and the users yeah, would be safer because they wouldn't have to be buying from black market sources, which are, as you rightly pointed out, very risky things to do. Instead, they could go to a legitimate source where the drug is guaranteed to be pure, and they would uh, then you would see a lot. You would not see hardly any overdoses in that case unless someone made it up a, a concerted effort to overdose themselves. Many drug overdoses that you hear about today are simply because they're purchasing black market product and they don't really right. realize the potency of what it is they're buying until it's too late. Thank you for the call tonight, John. Appreciate the discussion. 800-259-9231. We go to lady listeners first. It's Paula, also listening in Austin. Hello, Paula. I just wanted to respond, kind of get into the same vein of conversation. Okay. I just wanted to ask both of you if you have children. I have a uh, 10-month-old baby. Okay. When I've had three children. When they get around 10 to 13, they do stupid stuff. Yes. Okay. Okay, the absolutely, and one of the things I had both my sons go through a drug problem, and I had to get in. They had to get into a treatment deal, and as a parent, I had to be educated because I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. The generation I came up in, we just didn't do drugs. Okay, but really? what I'm saying is, no. Well, what I mean, generation are I, you? I came out of the '60s, but I never felt I never was compelled to do drugs. I see. So it was reason. you and maybe your friends that didn't do drugs. I can tell you, there was a lot of drugs going on back then. But they uh, were. They what's were, the point you're making like, here? Okay, um, look at how many lives have been destroyed. And see, it's really hard to make a decision until you've actually walked through the problem. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, many people have died. Okay, look at a lot of movie stars. Carol O'Connor's son committed sure. suicide, I believe. Mary Tyler Moore's son committed suicide. Uh, Anna Nicole Smith's son committed suicide, or he overdosed, or whatever. But the whole thing is <clears throat> that kids start this stuff when they're very young, about 10 to 13, and they're stupid. And what I learned in the anti-drug programs is that children are addicted immediately, like within a week. Whereas an adult, say you're 17 or 18 and you try this stuff, you can make a choice and say, yeah, I'll do it, or no, I won't. But I'm not sure I children, understand, Paula, what you're Paula, getting at I'm not at advocating here. that children do drugs. You realize that. Here's, here, right. I, I guess I have a question um, for you. No, I'm, is, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that. Did you say that I was advocating children no, no, do I drugs? Don't, right. Well, it's just oh. you're, you're talking about you know children shouldn't do drugs, and I think that yes, children yes. should not do drugs. Yeah, no now, one has said, said they should. Son, you said your sons had some problems with drugs when they were younger, and I did too. My problems didn't start till I was 15 or 16. Okay. But um, I ended up going to prison for nine years. Would your sons have been better off if they had spent nine years mm-hmm. in prison? Absolutely not. Right. So, Absolutely not. I, I mean, do you see how, like, maybe incarceration isn't working and, right. like, we need something else? Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But okay. I wanna, I wanna make I'm glad you see that because we never attention. suggested that children should use drugs on this show. No. The reality no, of no, the no. situation is, Paula, is that your sons got their hands on drugs when they were illegal. So the illegality yeah, right. has not kept them out of your son's hands. In point of fact, as we were discussing with John a moment ago, it has made those situations far more dangerous than they might otherwise be. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, it's the thrill. Kids go, well, I'm not supposed to do this. This makes it exciting, okay? That's mm-hmm. another Maybe. reason to legalize it, because yeah. then they would no longer have the forbidden fruit effect attached to them. But then right. it would no longer be as sexy to be engaging in doing drugs because it wouldn't be illegal anymore. So I think it'd go a long way it's, to reducing chil- uh, children's use of drugs. It'd Thank still you. be sexy because um, they would be, likely they would still be age restrictions on getting the drugs in the well, same I way don't there, think there should cigarettes, be those. And cigarettes have the same forbidden fruit aspect. I agree. I think that uh, all age restri- uh, restrictions should be wiped out and each store owner should decide for themselves and what parents. age restrictions they have. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Facebook Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features, by the way, include the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there. Totally free for you at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a living will or trust, even register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. I have used it, and it is fast and easy. Lady callers come first. We go to Melissa listening in Austin. Melissa, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? I'm actually, I've been listening to this whole war on drugs conversation, and I'm just so, I'm very tired of it. I'm tired of everybody having this, like, everybody wants to be a mom kind of uh, approach to it. We're not pe- the American people's parents. We don't need to make laws to to keep them from doing things. We're human beings, man. If we decide to make bad decisions, that's our own fault. I'm not saving anyone's child by by voting for, for a law to keep pot, you know, illegal, I don't even want to get into how great the the plant itself, marijuana, is and how useful it is. But No, you're not saving any children. You're absolutely right. In fact, you're putting them in danger of possibly having to spend a few years in prison. Who would want yeah, that well, for their I, kids? Exactly. I mean, I, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so I, I, I got into drugs probably at like 10, 10 mm-hmm. or 11 years old. I started doing drugs, I, and it wasn't the fact that they were illegal that I was after them. It was the fact that everybody around me was doing them. Sure. They were interesting. It was intriguing, things like that. And beyond the whole illegal drugs, I mean, the legal drugs that people are giving their kids are so much worse. And people are saying that, oh, yeah, they know about what those do. No, they don't. The FDA doesn't have enough time to, to actually do, like, absolute, like, real testing on these drugs. We see kids killing themselves all the time because of getting off of Paxil, getting off of Zoloft, all these other drugs that the, the doctors are prescribing to everyone nowadays. It's like, are you kidding me? You're talking about pot and cocaine. That used to be in soda, by the way. You know, cocaine used to sure. be in coke. And, I mean... I don't. I don't find the logic in making things, making these drugs illegal, and spending all of this money to 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 house people that aren't quote unquote criminals. In my opinion, right. they're not it's, criminals. Yeah, it's madness. I mean, you're right. The amount of money is tremendous that's being spent to enforce and to house these, uh, the enforce the laws and to house the victims. And uh, you know, you're 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 just absolutely spot on, especially when you talk about the pharmaceuticals. And there are different reasons and different motivations for these politicians and their ilk to continue the war Money. on drugs. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Money. Yeah. Pa- power. Um, yeah. Money and power for the most part, and that that translates over to the pharmaceutical realm. Mark, you had mentioned briefly uh, in the uh, brief discussion we'd had about MDMA, commonly known as ecstasy on the street, that it has been used successfully in psychological. Uh, exercises. So you'd go in with a psychologist or psychiatrist. Uh, psychiatrist, excuse me, and they would administer a dose of MDMA to a patient that may have had a very traumatic experience. Perhaps they'd 
been molested as a child or something like something awful happened to them or, you know, the husband beat them or something like that. And they found that this drug allows people to open up themselves. It allows them to to break down that wall that they've built up in their mind to block out that experience and allows them to really uh, to, to really address it many as in many cases for the very first time in their lives. Right. So they've had some tremendous results that uh, and, and these people have had life changing experiences. Mushrooms have also had similar, Mushrooms. Uh, similar yeah, I was results. About to say, I've had that experience myself when I was younger, and that's what made me quit drugs. Are you kidding me? I was on mushrooms the day that I decided I wasn't going to touch them again. Can you, you know? imagine, though? I mean, if it turns out that MDMA or mushrooms or something like that is such a powerful, uh, such a powerful substance that it allows people to to deal with the trauma they've had in their lives, so they aren't depressed anymore. One dose or a few doses could solve somebody's problem or lead to them solving their problem on their own. Whereas the drugs you're talking about, with the pharmaceutical drugs, the the plan there is that well, you are going to take this drug for the rest of your life, and you're going to ignore your problem. Yeah. You're going to just better about it because you're all drugged up. Right, they're going to cover it up. I mean, it's just crazy what's going on, but that's, you know, that's another motivation for the pharmaceutical industry to pr- to promote the war on drugs. And of course, we know that uh, organizations like the uh, like the the alcohol distributors or the alcohol manufacturers, the cigarette manufacturers, they certainly don't want any new competitors in the marketplace. So, these are these are the organizations that form the partnership for a drug-free America. Pharmaceutical companies, alcohol companies, <laughs> cigarette companies, these are the people that are trying to keep drugs out of the hands of children, the illegal drugs, so they can have their drugs in their hands instead. It's tragic. Exactly. And the other funny thing about uh, a couple of your last callers talking about all the trouble kids get into, hello, my friend just went into a mental institute because he was making so much money selling illegal drugs on the streets. He was making so much money, he couldn't even think. The economy's going to hell, but everybody's still buying all these drugs. So he was making all this money, getting all this free drugs, and now he's gone crazy. Like he's literally, he took a little bit too much and is now in the, in the crazy house. Right. Wow. Drugs legal, are dangerous. They if he, if it was are. legal, though, he wouldn't have been making that kind of money off of it. Yep. And right. he would never have had these problems. If the true. government would just, you know what I mean? It's like alcohol is one of the most horrifying drugs in the world. It is so bad for you, your liver, your body, your mind. It's so bad. But everybody wants to fight this like these other little, you know, I mean, there's so many other drugs out there that are so much more mild, you know. I think Absolutely. alcohol more is people one of the most die every drugs. year from prescription drugs that are prescribed to them by doctors than, than from uh, drugs that are, you know, illegal. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, the drugs are, and the, and the doctors are cashing the checks, man. They're cashing the checks. It doesn't even matter what your symptoms are anymore. They just want to pop a pill in you and, and get you on the streets and get you to keep buying it for the rest of your life. Great so they call, sign Melissa. a contract. Thank you for calling tonight. Thank I really appreciate guys. it. And hey, when you get a chance, head over to our Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com and uh, send us your submission. Not a beauty contest. No, it's just not. female listeners. Old, young, black, white, fat, thin. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, we go to Martin in California. Martin, you are on Free Talk Live. Martin, California. Hey, great. How are you doing? Hey, what's I, on your mind? I, well, jeez, I've been on here for a long time. First of all, let me ask a simple question. Can I, is, is there an MP3 available of your last of, of most of your shows? I'm yes. just curious. Freetalklive.com, right there on the front page. You can get uh, MP3s going back for an entire year. Oh, great, because I want to hear Jim Babka explain all his stories. And, and I've been on so long. I've been listening to all this drug talk. I, and uh, I, JB, wow, that's been a while ago. JB, you know, JB and, and a lot of people have, that are... Uh, who want to make drugs illegal, they're, they're about half right. They all got a half a point. Drugs are bad. 
no problem. But but I'm looking at the at the just 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 pick the economics of the situation. We we spend I don't know how many hundreds of billions of dollars and have no particular effect yeah. on uh, on the availability of drugs. All if anything, if anything, they have drugs. a plan for what uh, we want to see happen to drugs. Actually, we it's been drugs, a reverse. Drugs are bad and they should go away. It's been a reverse effect. Actually, uh, there are drugs yeah, are more available I, I, than I they've thinking, ever been. I'm, I'm I'm a cigarette addict. I'm sorry. I'm I'm an old man. I'm probably going to die of some disease from it. But that's the way it goes. But if, if some 13 year old came up to me on the street and said, "Hey, could you buy me a pack of cigarettes?" I'd say, "Oh, forget it." What do, what do I want to get in trouble giving cigarettes to underage people for? There's no way I can make I can make a dollar on this, right? Well, somebody will. Somebody will do it for us. I'm just saying, I, you know, there's, there's no bang for the buck. I can, you know, I I can get in a whole bunch of trouble. And I can make a dollar. Forget it. Whereas if it was illegal, then you could make a lot more than a dollar. Oh, then I could make a lot of money. Well, that's what keeps all this stuff going. Feeling? Yep, you're right. Martin, thanks for the call, dude. More coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including live streams and more, all free for you, freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. CDEvolution.org. That's CDEvolution.org. Continuing with your phone calls, we go to, I believe Ben is on the line in Tampa listening to WFLA. Hello, Ben. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? So I'm thinking you'll be an advocate of my proposal then if you guys want to free necrotics. If we want to free what? If you want to make narcotics legal. Oh, very good, sir. What's your proposal? Uh, People can buy it. But when they do, they've got to sign a paper that says they forfeit their right to government welfare for the rest of their life. No problem. I'll sign that paper. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I would say that the, the people don't have a right to government welfare at all. Rights are things that you're born with, so you have the right to uh, speak. I, I, I'm not done yet. Yep. The people are caught falling on the street... Uh, e, uh, but market, then we can impose a death penalty on them, correct? Wait a now, why, would, why would they want to sell them on the streets if they oh, were... Someone will always want to sell it on the street. You mean versus, I, I'm so sorry. As soon as you make it legal to sell over the counter, you can bet your bottom dollar that the people that sell on the street are going to lower their prices to compete with the government. Wait the only a second. Are people do, selling the only you're going to achieve what you want to achieve is for the government to start handing it out at the health care centers, at the, at the health department. No, no, I'm sorry. no, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe for a second that uh, the government should be handing out anything because that requires me to pay for somebody else's drug addiction, and I don't see any reason for that. But I do have a question. Why would the drug dealers uh, sell on the streets? Are moonshine dealers selling on the streets <laughs> these days? I mean, can absolutely. you compete against... I'm sorry, what? He said yeah. absolutely. 
I, I, I think that moonshine is a very small problem in the United States, sir. Actually, moonshine is a growing problem in the United States. How many people oh, are only, out? Only because of licensing uh, and uh, uh, taxes. Well, you know, the, he, he, here's the root thing. You know, I have no problem if they want to illegalize, if they want to legalize narcotics. I don't, because I don't think it's going to put a dent in the crime rate. The problem. Wow, with you really have a, You really don't know what you're talking about. But go ahead with your thoughts. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't think it will. I don't think it will because these people that get strung out on narcotics, just like the other guy said earlier, eventually they're not going to be able to work or hold a job. So they're going to be homeless. It's well, nonsense. You're that's presuming absolutely not that's true. Not, that's um, not hold nonsense. on just a second. Are you familiar with Rush Limbaugh? Yes, very, very. I think he did a very successful radio program with like 22 yeah. million listeners. He was high while, on the air, <laughs> while being high on heroin or the uh, the the uh, the equivalent oxycotons or whatever. Yeah. Your you your argument simply oh, doesn't hold water. Would you want? Would, let me ask you a question. Would you want to go to work and build a building that was designed by an architect? That was a heroin addict. I don't know whether or not, uh, the building. I don't know whether the building would matter, but I sure wouldn't want the uh, the guys constructing it uh, to be all messed up. But I think when a person or uh, you know, for that matter, a company is you know makes a mistake, they should be responsible for the mistakes that they've made. Strung out on heroin. How do you keep them from doing that now, sir? You can't, but you don't really think that they're going. They're going to. You there? I'm yeah, right here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The, the, the problem, the, the rudimentary problem is eventually people that work are going to, they're going, yes, they're going to come to work high, especially after we legalize it and people get strung out on the stuff all over the place. The do you think if you were a manager? Eventually, uh, they, people do not have the ability to control a drug addiction. It grows progressively worse over time, and they get more strung out on it, more strung out on it, more strung out. I've seen 23-year-old people. They have not a tooth in their head because of crack. So they should so be put in a jail cell? So, you're, so you're they already have enough problems in the world with their crack addiction, but you're saying that on top of that they should be put in a jail cell. Is that no, what you're suggesting? No, no, no. he's not suggesting well, that. What I'm telling you is you're trying to legalize something that people do not, cannot, and they, I mean, granted, people can't exhibit self-control over, or, or, over cigarettes and alcohol. Before you jump on that bag wagon, I'm going to hand you that 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 brownie all right. I'd like to say I had a friend who was in his that. late. I'd like to say is, I'd like to say I had a friend who was in his late twenties who had uh, pancreatitis from alcohol, uh, you know, consumption well, you know, you and know, was killing he, himself. And you know what? That's his problem too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay, but here's the thing. And it's the problem more, of his family. More people. More people. Alcohol is 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 a. Is a it's something that you drink, you get progressive, you get you 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 fall into alcoholism, you get drunk. You yeah. can't go to work the next day. Okay, right. drug addiction, namely i.e. crack or methamphetamine, goes to the point that it becomes it gains so much ravenous control over a person that they can no longer function without methamphetamine or crack. Okay, or so eventually, same true with although alcohol. they may show up for a year and build the building strung out on crack, eventually they're not going to be able to function unless they have it three or four times it's a day. It's tragic, dude. Drug addiction so wait, is tragic. I agree with you. but Listen to me. Listen to me. This is where you have a fault in your plan. All right, give it to okay? me. When they're homeless, when they're hungry, and when they have nowhere else to go, and no way to earn the money, how are you going to keep them from preying on the law-abiding people in America? How no. many um, homeless drunks do you see hurting people? All 
the time. You are out of your mind. The fact no, is, I, I lived in Sarasota, Florida. There was a very large homeless population downtown. Those people panhandled for their money, and they got it. They pan- so, so, you, so you're telling me you want the streets filled with panhandlers. I don't want the streets filled with panhandlers. You, yes, I mean, wh- hold on. Alcohol is addictive, yeah, and you no, no, said no, it yourself. No, Why no. in the world you isn't the street filled with panhandlers alcohol, for alcohol? Da- it, you, uh, you said yourself alcohol is a damaging and controlling thing. Okay? I'd rather have a now, panhandler well, than somebody slit my kid's throat. Well, listen. I'm listen. listening. I'm listening the, to a madman. The, Sar- the, the panhandlers you said in Sarasota were drunks, correct? The, the one I, I assume that that's what their problem was. Okay. Imagine those people you saw in Sarasota. Imagine that about times six or seven. Okay, so are you suggesting here, uh, Ben, that in the event of drug legalization, the amount of drug addicts would go up? Yes, absolutely. You have no evidence to back that up whatsoever. Yes, in point of fact, what I would suggest that you do... Before drugs, before drugs were legalized, so we had about the same population... Thanks for the call. We had about the same population of drug addicts in America that we do now. Go to Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, leap.cc. That's former law enforcement officers and a few current law enforcement officers that have come to the conclusion, the right conclusion, that the drug war is insane. They have the statistics on their website that point out exactly what you just said, Mark, that the amount of addicts that we have today is proportional to the amount of addicts that we had before the drug war started. These are cops, They're, former uh, cops, current yeah. cops. They know what they're talking about, okay? So and you there's go a and, lot of them. Right. You go and you do the research, and you look at, you look at the numbers yourself. And even if it were true... I can't believe this guy was talking about panhandlers as though panhandlers are the most terrible thing. I would rather have a panhandler ask me for money on the street, and I hate panhandlers. Oh, yeah, you, you know do. it. I hate them. I had one guy slit my car... It must have, it must have, I'm just assuming it was male. Um, slit my car top in order to get the change out of my car. Well, that wasn't, prob- that wasn't a panhandler. That was probably a crackhead. But but you're talking about the sort of the same sort of people. I mean, panhandlers obviously haven't necessarily um, harmed anyone of their property. But... I mean, when you're dealing with crackheads, you're dealing with people breaking into people's houses. What happens when you come home and there's somebody in the house? People get hurt that way. Yeah. I would rather be asked for money by some dirty pe- person that smells like urine than I would to have my child or my wife hurt. Thank you very much. Right, and the reality is... I'm not is... saying that the solution of legalizing drugs is utopia. No. I'm saying it beats the crap out of what we're doing. Absolutely. Uh, the current situation... Moonshine's a terrible problem in the United <laughs> States. I mean, he has what no credibility. kind of fantasy world right. is this guy yeah, living he, he in? He threw his credibility right out the window if he'd, if he'd ever had any to begin with with that, with that statement. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an easy choice. Uh, you either have the current situation where people are being thrown into prison cells, people who are completely peaceful and have not harmed others, being thrown into prison cells by the hundreds of thousands in this country, families' lives being destroyed because of the drug war, or we can legalize drugs where only a few people who are actually addicted will have problems, which they already have problems today, and at least if they're addicted in a legal world, they aren't afraid to go and get help for themselves. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Phone lines are hot with people that want to talk about the drug issue. Toll-free, you can always bring up anything, though, at any time. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, It is the live Saturday edition, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features... We give away. Somebody was asking earlier if they could listen to archives of the show. Yes, of course. 
course. And you can do it for free. You don't have to log in. There are no ads you have to click on. There's no strings attached. You just go to freetalklive.com and you download them. And if you want to help us out, well, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you want access to some perks, like the Amp Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. That again is amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls. So we go to Steve listening to, uh, listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I mean, so many different points and so many different postulates, I don't know. Um, you know, when I was young and I was smoking marijuana, and I just I wanted the enlightening experience of it. And I read Carlos Castaneda's book, you know, where he did a little peyote trip. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I've not read I, them. I read a Carlos Castaneda book, but I I, uh, I don't know which. I, I think there were several, and I'm not sure which one you read. I've never done peyote myself. I have uh, done. I have tripped on other things, but not peyote. But what was your point? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was young, it was it was an enlightenment, and then when I got older, you know, I decided that you know that's not what I wanted to do anymore. So I just quit, and I just really don't understand why people are so hooked on it, and they don't have the self determination to just. Stop. I mean, you know, yeah. reality is reality. You're absolutely right. In fact, I didn't call the earlier uh, when the when the guy suggested earlier that drugs get people hooked and it's all the drugs. I didn't really call him out on it as much as I probably should have. As, as you pointed out, there are a lot of points to rebut. Uh, but you're absolutely right. We had a former uh, co- one of our former co-hosts on this show, Melissa, uh, when we were down doing the show out of Sarasota. She at one time had a crack addiction, which is supposed to be, you know, the worst addiction out there. And indeed, I mean, she was pretty hooked on it. She was doing things like, uh, you know, giving the a dealer a BJ and stealing things in order to uh, to support her habit. But at one point in her life, she decided that uh, it had gone too far and she quit. So, yeah, I, I think when people are ready, uh, they seek the help that they're looking for or they find it within themselves to uh, to make the change that they need to in their life. And I think to to blame the drug is, oh, well, the drug is, uh, you know, you're addicted. To, it's all because of the drug. I think that disempowers people. And I think it's, uh, it's just it's basically... It's also not reality. The drug yeah. doesn't pick itself up and do itself. No doubt about right. it. Right. Yeah, and another thing, you guys, uh, I listened to you earlier when you had uh, your guest speaker on. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and went to downsizedc.com and, or .org, and Excellent. I am registered now. Excellent. Excellent. It's a great website. Very useful. It's you know it really empowers the average person to have at least some effect, uh, some tiny, tiny, minuscule effect in Washington D.C. Um, you know the, the fact is these uh, you, you go in, you vote, and it, your, your little your little vote doesn't seem to matter one way or the other as far as the politicians go. Many people don't don't even know who they're voting for. They don't even know the names of the individuals they're voting for. They don't know whether they're corrupt or anything like that. And uh, you, they go do whatever they want in Washington, and you you can have some small effect unfortunately the lobbyists seem to have a larger effect and so we just have to have sheer numbers and another thing that i did too is i i forwarded i actually i emailed keith malinak which is the program director for wsc 94.3 and Charleston. Like keith yeah he's a nice guy and uh, i mean he he and i had the same issues on the bailout we went to lindsey graham jim demand and henry brown our representatives uh in this area 
And we, we were like so dismayed and disillusioned. We're like, you know, what's the point? But now with uh, downsizedc.org, it's so much better because we can actually, you know, write a little bit and they put it in their format for their webpage yep. and send it as a personal letter and, you know, they can't spam it. And I'm sure, uh, I don't know if you've uh, had, I, mean, I don't know how much discussion you've had with Keith there. He is, uh, for those that don't know, he's the program director of the station. Uh, he And also uh, one of the morning show guys there. Might be a good guest for uh, the morning show locally. I'm sure Jim Babka would be more than happy to, to come on as, and uh, and make an appearance. And I think that would kind of stir up some uh, some good discussions as well. let Keith know. Very good, sir. Thank you for your call tonight, Steve. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I have a, a special uh, a place in my heart for Charleston because uh, one of my best friends lives there and listens oh, to the show on uh, Saturday nights. And I was sure it would be really great if we were on six nights a week there uh, so I could, you know, bug him 18 hours a week. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it. I, I love the place. Well, I know that uh, I know they've gotten some positive feedback from the listeners. It's just it's a tough job, you know, Mark, being on Saturday nights and expanding out to the weeknight uh, gig, especially when somebody is established in that current position. So sure. when Michael Savage, I think it's Savage they have on there, when he has a heart attack, he's which gonna is blow a blood vessel. Yeah. He's gonna have an aneurysm. He I'm can't sorry. make it for much longer. I don't think so. Once he goes away, maybe that'll be our opportunity. Uh, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Oh, and speaking of contacting program directors and telling them how you feel about Free Talk Live, please uh, give them a call. Let them know that you appreciate the show and let them know you'd appreciate hearing more Free Talk Live. So if all you're getting is Saturday nights or only a couple hours of the Saturday show, uh, ask them to expand it out to all three or ask them to expand it to uh, to weeknights as well. In fact, if you hate the show, uh, call up and, and tell them you hate us. Uh, apparently, Ben, who we were, we were talking to earlier, has called in uh, back to the board operator to express how upset he is that uh, he says he can't believe we're tarnishing Russia's reputation and he's calling WFLA to let him know. But, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but Rush, Rush Limbaugh did admitted to having what essentially was a heroin addiction. I mean, it's the it's the purified uh, pharmaceutical yeah. version. But and he had a really and you know he held his job. I don't feel like we've tarnished Rush's reputation. It's actually a compliment. I'll to be him. happy to go ahead and ta- tarnish Rush's reputation. Rush, um, you know, Rush is a uh, he's an attack dog for the Republican Party. He said himself he carries he the, the water. water for these people. And the fact is, he doesn't care about freedom. He doesn't care about small government. He cares about Republicans getting elected. There's some tarnishment for you. So, yeah, hey, whether you're happy with Free Talk Live or, a word. or pissed, call the program director and let them know. I'm sure they'll appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We continue uh, also to South Carolina, WSCFM, and JR. You're on the air, JR, on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How, how you doing tonight? That's super. What's on your mind? Hey, I, by the way, I like the show, by the way, so I'll let you know that. Yeah, thanks thanks very much. Go ahead. And, um... The, the deal, the deal with the drugs, guys. I, I, I'm with you to a point. Okay. I think I think you could let drugs like marijuana go. I mean, I don't really see the point in, in arresting people for something that's kind of about the same effect as a cigarette. Uh, the much harder drugs, I don't think you can because if you make them more readily available, then they're probably going to uh, actually probably steal more from people. They're, they're 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 more they're more readily available when they're when they're out of cash, they're gonna they're gonna go looking because it's easier for them to pick up the drug. Well, I I, I think I understand what you're saying, um, and I I sort of do understand. I, I, it makes sense to me that if heroin were available in the uh, drugstore, that more people would try it, and therefore one might imagine. I don't know much about heroin. Uh, 
but one might imagine that more people would get addicted. The the fact is, the statistics seem to prove otherwise. However, um, that makes some uh, some sense to me. But even if you were to reduce, uh, if if you were to decriminalize the war on marijuana, um, or marijuana, uh, decriminalize the use of marijuana, you, what you would see is the war on drugs would diminish anyway because it's financed by marijuana. The ha, More than half of the drug arrests in the United States are marijuana arrests. That's feeds the, that feeds the uh, judicial system and allows this whole machinery of the war on drugs to go after the other stuff. That's the reason, one of the reasons, that the politicians don't want to legalize marijuana use because they know that then they're going to have, they're, it's going to be much more difficult for them to go after you know, heroin and crack and things like that. I understand that. Well, in, in, in reference to your last caller, by the way, I, I'm one of the people, mine is, I'm on askheritage.org. That's where I'm at. What's that? And um, I I am actually, for anybody out there in Charleston listening, I'm going to run, actually, for my district. And, um, and I am completely, utterly, and totally against spending. I am completely, utterly for Mark Sanford's telling them to take it and shove it. We're not, you, you cut it, don't spend it. And um, I just, to me, I, have, I haven't had a person, politician, on either side of the aisle, because it doesn't make it Republican, Democrat, tell me how you save money or how you spend your way out of a, out of a recession. Now, I, no I, way it sounds really good. Money. It, it sounds really good. And um, would you be willing to take the uh, small government? Uh, small you, government pledge? The small government pledge uh, over, uh, you know, the, where you would not uh, vote for any new spending? And you would vote to yes. downsize the government? I, I would vote to downsize the government. Listen, guys, we, we, we listen to the, listen to the Every people. issue, every time? Yeah, I'll have every issue, every time. Oh, I mean, then you can't take the pledge, my you friend. Have to, you have to, well, what you, well wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, like, like we, hear, we hear the unions all the time. We, or we listen to the car dealers. I'm afraid we don't have time to get into the details, but here's what you should do. Give us your name real quick. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting into details, but what I'm saying name. is, is that they're, they're coming down hard on, on unions. And, and, We're and out of time, my friend. Hour 3 is coming up. Thanks for the call. Good luck. Hour 3 coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please. Take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right back into your phone calls about what you want. Uh, We will start things out here this hour by talking to Brent in Maine. Brent, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Hey, Brent, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was watching uh, listening to your program a couple nights ago, and you're talking about intellectual property. And uh, most of the, the arguments were utilitarian arguments for or against intellectual property. And uh, Stephen Kinsala, uh, one of his main focuses is on uh, the property rights issue and whether you can you know own an idea or have a property right in an idea. And one of the one of the arguments I've, I've heard, heard uh, kind of refutes you know the the fact that you can't have a 
uh, own an idea is, you know, the example that, you know, two, two guys live out in the wilderness and, you know, one, one day uh, the guy walking by his neighbor's property and his neighbor's building a, a log cabin and, uh, you know, in the, you know, if, if you could have a patent on that, you know, the, the neighbor could have a patent on, on the log cabin. So it, it, you know, when the man goes to his property, chops down some trees, and tries to build a cabin, you know, is he really violating his neighbor's property rights? You know, and, and you know, my, my view is that he wouldn't be. I guess my question is, is uh, directed towards Mark, since he thinks we should have intellectual property, and just how he would refute that argument. Well, I would say that uh, intellectual property, you know, it, the fact is people want it, it exists. However, um, I think that uh, it, it would be like a licensing agreement. And I don't think that you can be like, for instance, if the guy, the one guy comes onto the other guy's property and, uh, you know, man A who doesn't have the cabin and man B who does have the cabin, man B says, okay, before you come on the property, I want you to sign a disclosure or, you know, a, an agreement that says, uh, you know, you can look at my cabin and stuff like that, but that you have to pay me for the intellectual property of how to build it. Don't you think that a man deserves, um, you know, some kind of compensation if he shows another guy how to build a cabin? Well, I mean, you're you're assuming that they're going to enter in a contract, contract, but you know, the as far as man I'm concerned, a, if the guy stands on the others on the off the man's property and looks onto the man's property and and sees how that that he has built a cabin, then he can try to do the same thing without that man's instructions, without that man's knowledge. It's called a licensing agreement, and that's what I'm for. Well, I mean, I guess my view would be is if you're not violating his property rights, you're not on his property, and you just watch how he builds it, and then you go to your property and you chop down some trees and, and you build it. I mean, how is how is he how is he owning an idea the idea of how to build build he that cabin? He wouldn't be in Mark's world. He wouldn't. There you go. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And, and you know what, Mark? Uh, as somebody who is uh, generally against the idea of intellectual property, I believe that the, the more accurate term would be uh, intellectual monopoly. Uh, but uh, as somebody who's against that whole idea, I am in favor of contracts, and I am in favor of what you're suggesting. If you have something you want to keep to yourself, it's, it should be dependent upon you. To go through whatever, jump through whatever hoops are necessary to protect your precious idea from being borrowed by somebody else without your permission. So yep. if that means in the in the case of the cabin building, if that means putting up some barriers around the uh, the job site to uh, to assure yourself that nobody's watching with their binoculars or something like that, then that's something that you would have to do in order to uh, achieve the privacy that you're looking for, to achieve the secrecy that you that you feel that you need. I, on the other hand, believe that ideas are valuable. Uh, that, that that ideas that that are free are valuable because people can build new uh, wealth off of those ideas, and I think that uh, the open source movement proves uh, that having Absolutely free true. ideas is a, a open, wonderful idea. Open source uh, uh, software has really has proven that uh, that you can make money on giving away your products. Uh, the fact is, they you can read most books online right now. Many authors give away the intellectual property of their book, but people go out and buy the book anyway because they want to support the author, author, or they want to hold a book in their hand. Personally, I don't want to read a book online. Same with this show. I mean, we give away this radio program, and of course, radio has been that way for a long time, but this show now with the internet, where most talk shows are charging people for their archives, you know, the Bill O'Reilly's of the world, uh, and by the way, his days are numbered in talk radio, uh, but while most of these talk show hosts are trying to extract as much money from their listeners as they can for their internet features on their websites, we just give it all away up front, and then we ask for your, uh, you know, your money if you want to contribute to us, and it works out. 
Yep. And, you know, for anybody who's listening who thinks I've uh, changed my opinion, I pretty much have. Uh, you know, I didn't have any good solutions. I read some stuff that uh, Jason Osborne, uh, you know, the economics Ph.D. that supports this show, uh, you know, gave me some ideas. I looked at it. It's, it does seem like there can be different delivery methods for big budget movies and that, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies can create drugs and then license those drugs out to people. Anybody who purchases them, uh, you know, wouldn't be able to give them away to somebody else. And wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, what, what do they call that? Backwards engineer them. So reverse that could, engineering. Yeah, reverse engineering. But it only goes so far, Mark. I mean, because it's a nice idea, but in the real world, what happens if they cross over to China or something like that and some Chinese manufacturer gets their hands on it? How are you going to take action against them in that system? But how is the United States government going to take action against them? Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of it's pointless after a certain uh, after you get past a certain point it's it's fruitless. You can put so. up enough legal barriers that you know, all I've wanted is that for companies to have a period of time to be able to recoup their R and D, and I think you could put up enough barriers that uh, you would have enough time to recoup your R and D and not spend nearly as much money as we do on patents and you know all that other stuff that goes into intellectual property. Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with your calls about what you want, and we go to William, listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, William. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was calling in reference to uh, kick the, uh, the drug uh, conversation going. Sure. I was thinking, um, I told my friend about this uh, a couple of years ago. He had brought the point. And one thing I think that uh, y'all haven't considered yet is the possible, and there are many political implications, but one in particular I was thinking of was what socioeconomic class would legalizing drugs hit the hardest? Would it really be a benefit? Um, and one of my arguments is that I would think that this is going to hurt, if you legalize drugs, it's going to hurt the lower class big time. How? Um, is, is, alcohol, is, lowering, uh, is legalizing alcohol hurt the lower class um, big time? Um, I, I couldn't rattle off any statistics, but when you're dealing with, the reason I'll say alcohol, which I don't think anyone said so far in the program, is going to be different than your narcotics are, is that alcohol, I mean, it temporarily you know, alters your mind, lowers your inhibitions, but with some of these other drugs like cocaine, the hard drugs like that, they alter, most of them will alter your brain chemistry, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, look, you you, call, you classified, you did something very Anybody who's addicted common. has had their brain chemistry altered. Tobacco yeah. alters your brain chemistry. Alcohol is a hard drug, my Ca- friend. Caffeine br- alters your brain chemistry. Yeah. But it's like this. Those, are re- those effects are more reversible. So let's take cocaine, for instance. It, um, they, you know, it works on your dopamine receptors in your brain, okay? And eventually, your brain will stop producing dopamine because cocaine... Uh, Acts, acts as if it were dopamine. So your body just says, I'm not producing that uh, neurotransmitter anymore. And that's why they, when they're off cocaine, they get incredibly depressed. Uh, and okay. they need cocaine bad, heroin for- bad, alcohol bad, cigarettes bad. Have we got that out no, of the I- way yet? 
Now, what, I, I'll, I'll what I'd like to ask you, though, bad, is bad, while you're bad. while you're designing the world um, to be a better place and uh, they're thereby compromising people's freedoms and their abilities to choose for themselves. Would you get rid of things like skydiving and motocross driving and uh, cars? Cars kill people. Cars are yeah. bad. I mean, what exactly how how much how what kind of limits would you put on people's lives? And the other question is, when somebody disobeys what it is that you have have to say because you're the emperor of the world what are you going to do to them yeah and this is where i haven't totally made up my mind about the whole argument first i would agree with you that personal responsibility i'm totally for that like you all were saying earlier the crack does not smoke itself the joint does not smoke itself you will make a conscious decision so if someone's being irresponsible and you can answer this uh, in a moment here we'll come back with more of you if someone is being irresponsible to repeat mark's question what should happen to them in your world, William? 800-259-9231. We'll find out in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's the live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive over there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. want to invite you to the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March, the first weekend in March in Nashua, New Hampshire, the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel, as it happened last year. And will and may happen again there. Uh, but it's going to be great. Lots of liberty-minded people are going to be gathering, hundreds of them, all in the same hotel for what is, in my opinion, the best liberty-oriented convention you will ever attend. Uh, the big names will be there. People like Glenn Jacobs. You might know him as WWE's Kane. David Berglund, former Libertarian Party presidential candidate. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. John Taylor Gatto. Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun case you might have heard about from last summer. He's a free state project member glenn jacobs also a free state project member that's right kane's putting the headlock on tyranny that's yep so the free state project is putting this on and in case you don't know the free state project is an organization dedicated to bringing as many liberty loving activists to new hampshire as possible and getting them active for freedom so we can actually achieve liberty in our lifetime and the free state project's liberty forum will give you a good taste of what it's like to be around literally hundreds of other people who feel the same way as you do about freedom uh so there are lots of panel discussions networking uh, occasions, dinners, lunches, uh, speeches, all kinds of things, after hours partying, lots of stuff. It's a great time, uh, and I highly recommend that you attend. We're going to be there broadcasting live from the entire thing, so join us at the 2009 Liberty Forum. You can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get signed up and learn more. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, and remember our discount code if you want to save 10%, 2009 FTL. That's 2009 FTL. Saves you 10% on the 2009 Liberty Forum. More coming up here uh, with your calls. We go and continue with William in South Carolina. Now, William, uh, just a few moments ago, you didn't sound like you were too sure about this whole drug legalization thing, and so we'd asked you the question, well, since you're in charge now, William, and uh, you're going to make some drugs, uh, keep them illegal, what is it that you think should happen for those who are irresponsible with their drug use? Yeah, and in, in considering that, I was, uh, let's just say I'm totally for, you know, uh, lifting all the laws on illegal drugs, and theoretically, you know, society would, you know, 
businesses weed these, you know, the drug addicts back, people aren't affected because, you know, businesses got to be efficient to make money and grow, right? Sure. And uh, so I think theoretically, good idea um, to find this employee selection or natural selection you would, you know, that, that, would, that would take off. But um, the reason I'm still, I guess, undecided, you guys brought up a lot of great points got me considering this stuff so we do this stuff for a living this is my pet issue william i really i mean i i am so uh dedicated to this issue it's i i, I mean i the the idea of forcing people into jail cells for making personal choices that may or may not be something you agree with yeah. is just ludicrous you know and yeah. it's a slippery slope william the the uh -huh. the idea is, is you know if you can control people's behavior when it comes to drugs you know what's really the difference um in controlling their behavior when it comes to Fatty anything foods? else fast foods oh, yeah, chocolate say, bars cool. what's and, that and uh you know when you were saying where do you draw the line you know i mean some people are addicted to food yep. and we're not going to outlaw food you know well, not. don't. Well, now hold on a second, <laughs> William. In, oh yes, we are. the The fact <laughs> is, all over this nation, there are uh, laws against trans fat. New York City's trans I know, fat thing. You know what trans fat is, William? It's margarine. Yeah. yeah, they've so got laws in New York against margarine. So they've only just <laughs> begun to ban I'm things sorry. like that. I'm sorry. If you yeah. give these politicians, these power-hungry people, the ability to go after our friends and our neighbors over things like drugs, they'll go after them over things like margarine. Thank you, William. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. What are some other banned foods? There's all kinds of them out there we've talked about. Let's talk uh, to the amp line and go to Jason in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live, Jason. Um, yes, I wanted to uh, make some points about um, some of the people that called in earlier. By all means, go ahead. Okay. For starters, there's a lot of rich people who use cocaine, heroin, alcohol, prescription, other drugs like Rush Limbaugh has admitted to in the past. You bet. And also people forget that in the late 1800s, heroin was legal in Is America. It, in, in the and early 1900s. On in the 1800s. In the early 1900s, it was legal. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. But they started making it illegal during the progressive era, and they made it more and more illegal in more and more places throughout. But, I mean, during the, you know, the 1860s, 1870s, there were, mil there were a large percentage of Americans who were addicted to heroin, and they went to work every day. It was in, it was in they, a great deal of laudanum, essentially, is uh, that's what you're talking about. It's alcohol and uh, morphine mixed together or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, people managed to operate reasonably well taking what well, kind of low levels of uh, heroin and, and uh, these opiates all the time. I'm not saying I think it's a good idea. I'm just saying the average person doesn't know crap about these, the history. these drugs or yeah. the history or these drugs or their effects you know they've they've heard all kinds of bad things but in fact point of fact the worst thing about these drugs is that they are illegal yes Jason? i mean and the thing is people don't understand why they're illegal or anything because if you look at the figures that the dea puts out they're just complete you know they're not true oftentimes or they've been twisted around to show the evidence they want instead of evidence 
Right. Well, most people don't go beyond, in in their process of thinking about this, most people don't go beyond, well, it's illegal, so it must be bad, and so it should stay illegal, and that's the end end of it. That's where they stop thinking about it. Or drug users are bad, and I'm not a drug user, or at least I don't do those other drugs. I've got my drug of choice, which is legal, so therefore I'm a good person, uh, but those people that do illegal drugs are bad. I mean, really, it's just the most simplistic mindset. The the whole idea that things that are illegal are necessarily bad is it's fallacious, uh, just like the whole idea that things are legal or necessarily good is also fallacious. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, yes. The other thing I wanted to point out is that crack cocaine and meth were created as cheap forms of other drugs. Yes. As they stepped up enforcement of those particular drugs, these drugs were created because they were harassing the youth, because they drove the price of cocaine and they drove up the price of heroin. It's they true. started out as a cheap as a cheaper version of heroin, it just kind of right. became a drug in its own right. Thank you for and bringing know, that up. Right. Crack, crack and meth are drugs created by the war, by on, the drugs. war on drugs. Now, it, oh, it doesn't say, people just kind of you know brush that off. Well, they're here now, and that's yeah. true. And if we legalized them, there would be crack in your drugstore. But the question that you have to ask is this. If crack and meth are terrible, and I think they are, What's the next terrible drug that will be created by the war on drugs? Are you willing to do that to your children? Wait and see, because it's coming, whatever it is. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And let's talk to Naila in uh, Indianapolis, listening to WXNT. Hello, Naila. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just listening to you on the radio. I've never heard your show before. Oh, I'm sorry. You're shocked. No, well, I, I was everything I've heard so far. I totally agree with because you know this war on drugs has cost a whole lot of people. I mean, they have spent billions on the war on drugs, and it just keeps getting worse because you know if they didn't learn anything about prohibition, if prohibition didn't work with alcohol, why do they think it's going to work with drugs? It's insanity. If you've got more for us, hang on. We'll come back. Uh, 800-259-9231. More with Naila and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the updates. You want to know what's happening with Free Talk Live when it happens? You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our website, it's totally free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. It's 50% off. Offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. They've got all kinds of things over there. Marital aids, toys, lingerie. AdamEve.com. We go back to your phone calls. Naila is on the line listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out, so uh, do continue with what you had for us. Well, just that, what can we do to get the word out that this war on drugs is not working? Because, or, you know, I don't know what we can do 
But well, what can we do? I feel your frustration. <laughs> uh, I, that's one of the reasons why uh, this show is so important to me, because it gives me the opportunity to get that word out in as many places as right. possible. And, uh, Naila, the best thing you can do, I would think, is to call into radio shows and get a, uh, and get a diversity of voices on, the, on, on there calling for the end of the war on drugs. I... You know, obviously, if uh, if greater uh, freedom issues are what concern you, there's the Free State Project. But if the war on drugs is, you know, a concern for you, the, the only concern for you, then I would think uh, communicating with your friends and family and as many people as you can uh, have hear your voice. And go and get behind some of the organizations that you find uh, that you might well, support, like Law Enforcement Against Prohibition is a great group. Law um, I heard you talk about that earlier. Yep, Leap, their a website, website is leap.cc, L-E-A-P, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, leap.cc. Uh, also, what's, what are some other good groups, Mark? Uh, the drug well, reform. I'm a, I'm a libertarian, and I know that's one of our issues. But it's just, I mean, there's been so much money wasted on, on the war on drugs sure. that we could have... A, a fantastic school system if they would put it into education. Well, now hold we on a second. Anything, but if, if they would have done it otherwise. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, I'd rather see it go to education and then drugs if I had to choose. But I'd rather you just be able to keep your money in the first place because the government spending money on education is just a waste uh, as well. Well, so. well I, I I agree with that too because well anything once the government gets their hands into anything, it just mushrooms into spending a lot of money and the, whatever they're trying to correct or take care of never gets taken care of yeah. write this one down too: freestateproject.org if you love freedom then you owe it to yourself to go and look into that and i thank you for the call hopefully we'll hear from you again it's always nice hearing from our lady listeners 800-259-9231 you know uh, thinking about william who called uh, i think it was the segment before this um he was talking about how how legalizing drugs could adversely affect the the poor people more than it could the rich people and i don't know whether that's true i don't know if alcohol affects poor people more than rich people maybe Maybe, you know, maybe it does. But the war on drugs affects poor people a heck of a lot more than it affects rich people. You bet. The yeah. poor people are in they prison by, uh, you know, a significantly larger margin based on the war on drugs than rich people are. The fact is those drug those uh, laws are enforced Far more on poor people than they are on and, rich people. And, you know, the rich guys aren't out there knocking over convenience stores or breaking into people's cars. They can afford their habit, but poor people can't, so they commit crimes in order to uh, to pay for their, to finance their habits. We continue here and talk to Jamie, listening to WZBK here in Keene, New Hampshire. Hello, Jamie. Jamie? Mark, good evening. Hey, you're on the air. It's Ian hey. and Mark here with you. What's on your mind? Good talking to you again. Um, drugs, and let me give you a personal perspective. I'm 45 years old, uh, 54 years old. I'm dyslexic, too. but um, <laughs> and, and I've been sober 28 years. Now, for 30 years, um, I tried them all. And alcohol ended up putting me in jail for about three and a half years. Hmm. Um, numerous, numerous sentences, stupid, drunk crimes. I have not been arrested since, since I got sober, 28 years. Congratulations. Isn't, it's a good thing. Isn't that amazing? What a coincidence. Um, and, and my son, who's 21, I would rather see him sneak behind a barn with his buddies and get stoned than drink. Because I Absolutely. don't worry about violence. I, 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 you know, I mean, just in terms of, of, um, violent crimes committed in this country, 80%, based, I mean, it depends on which statistic you listen to, are caused because of alcohol and hard drugs. Yeah, yeah. How, many, yeah. how many people, uh, you can talk to any cop 
who's honest yeah. with you, and they will tell yeah. you that it's the alcoholics that are the ones they have the violent right. problems with, not the sure. marijuana Ask smokers. Ask any cop how many wrestling matches they've been in with, uh, you know, marijuana smokers. Here's here's another thing. You talk about the the um, uh, getting the the drug addicts or selling the drugs and this and that. Who's financing the drugs coming into America? We're talking millions of dollars. It's not the guy on the street smoking a little crack. It's the bank owners. It's the court. I mean, it's big money. It sure is, and that's one of the reasons why it's so it's going to be so difficult to end the war on drugs. However, war on drugs would have to start there and not on the street corner. Well, I think that I think that if we have civil disobedience in the realm of the war on drugs, and we really start to show people how how just tyrannical this system is, and we really show people the man's inhumanity to man, I think that uh, it, things can start to change and go in the right direction. I think we've begun to do that up here in New Hampshire and some other places around the world as well. Uh, and I'm glad I've you're got, out there. Yes, sir. I've got one other point yeah, too. Go for it. Um, and and this is this has bothered me so much for the last ten years. The, the country as a whole is sort of oblivious. We're, we're in this haze of electronics and all of this stuff. What I would love to see happen is for, and you want to see people motivate, get out on the streets, voice their opinion and protest like they're doing in Russia right now, turn off the TVs for about two weeks. Just cut everybody's cable. <laughs> well, the good you news is that might be happening. <laughs> You have a president robbing this country and, a, and an administration robbing the country for eight years. Nobody does a thing. You turn off cable for two weeks, you're going to have riots in the street. It's going to—it's actually going to happen here. It's not going to be cable, cable though. <laughs> it's going to be over the air. On February 17th is the big day for uh, the DTV transition. And the fact is, there are millions of homes that are just allegedly not prepared for this. They did not get the uh, the required converter box. The government coupon program ran out of money. So there are something like six million families that have, uh, or six million households that have signed up for, to get these government coupons that can't get their hands. On them, so it may very well be the case that people will be out out their TV here within the next two weeks or or so. Well, if they don't have their reality to TV to watch, then they just might find out what's really going on. Great point, so. Jamie. Thank you for the call tonight. Reality TV, not reality. Let's go to Rob in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Rob. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to kind of echo Mark's sentiments about uh, how legalizing drugs would affect the poor. Do tell. Um, by ending the war on drugs, you are eliminating the vast majority of the violence, which uh, which is common among poor people. The the so you're going to end up having a tremendous benefit there. The primary people, as far as the poor, who are going to be harmed by ending the war on drugs are the drug dealers, at least yep. the successful ones. It's the truth. Um, uh, the, the people, the people that make their living by selling illegal drugs, they will definitely be harmed by, uh, you know, ending the war on drugs. Don't forget that there's a certain amount of downsizing that would go on in uh, police departments, uh, enforcement arms all over the place. And th those are the people who I think you would see have. I mean, that that's who would be quote unquote hurt the worst. Because my my strong suspicion is that the majority of law enforcement in this country would have to would could not be economically justified without the war on drugs the vast majority in fact. no doubt about it and the, you know, they know it too every time a decriminalization bill comes up here in New Hampshire it's the chiefs of police that are Johnny on the spot to fight that thing tooth and nail uh, rob do you think that uh, the war on drugs is prosecuted in a racist racist fashion oh absolutely the um uh I, you know i'd say that uh pretty much any time you have 
victimless crimes in any place, you're going, those victimless crimes are always going to tend to be prosecuted more among whatever the underclass is, wherever it is. This is true. You know, so, I, I, I mean, was in prison, so, and I don't know how it is in every prison, but uh, the, the vast majority of people in there were black. And the fact is that, you know, they're not committing crimes in, on that much more of a frequency than white people are. You know, certainly lower classes commit more crimes than high, but I, the, the blacks don't more than whites. Thanks, yeah, Rob. I mean, Appreciate the I'm, call, man. 800-259-9231. So if you want to help the poor, legalize drugs. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us. Help get the show to more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things you can do to help Free Talk Live. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls. Ladies first, it's Faith listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, Faith. Faith? Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can now. What's on your mind tonight? Well, what I'm calling about is so many people do not understand what alcoholism is all about and what alcohol does to our bodies. Okay. Basically, what alcohol does is it thickens our blood. Speak to any druggist, speak to any chemist, speak to a doctor. You will find out that they know that alcohol thickens our blood. Unfortunately, our brain has to be washed with oxygenated blood every second of our lives in order to keep all of the cells working right. When you consume alcohol, you thicken the blood by degrees, the more you drink, the thicker the blood gets. Makes sense. The okay. thicker it gets, the harder it is for oxygenated blood to wash through our brain, which is filled with very fine blood vessels. Just think about thickening up water by adding mud to it. Mm. The thicker it gets, the tougher it's going to be to get through pipelines. Okay. And, and that's, that's exactly what's happening. It has nothing to do with social position has nothing to do with age. It simply has to do with the quality and the consistency of our blood. And um, once it starts to thicken up, we call ourselves drunk. Mm-hmm. We call ourselves intoxicated. And when it gets thick enough that the blood is not getting through these very fine blood vessels in our brain, we die and we like to call it alcohol poisoning. This is a self-inflicted handicap that we do to ourselves and it seems like most people make up all kinds of stories um they 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 try to um say that it has to do with how much money you have or how much time you've got you mean whether or not somebody's an alcoholic yeah i mean everything that makes someone not sober if you're consuming alcohol has to do with the thickening of the blood. Interesting. I thank you for sharing that with us tonight, and I appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Learn something new every day on Free Talk Live. You do learn something. Check everything you hear on the radio. Nobody hears. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. know. We just sit here and take your word for it. So uh, (laughs) we continue with your calls and talk to Brandon in Oklahoma. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brandon. 
Hey, what's up, tonight? What's happening? I don't know a whole lot. I've been listening to this uh, off and on tonight. Kind of, the radio station here, for some reason, has been kind of cutting out. But um, I heard some people talking earlier um, with the kind of drug debate, um, some kind of crazy stuff, you know, let's, let's execute drug users or drug dealers and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, really, that was really crazy. That, that was. I mean, I mean, I work with people and I know people that kind of have that, that weird little mindset that, you know, well, pot's okay, but anything else you should be, you know, skinned alive kind of thing. Right. I can have and, my alcohol, but you can't have your cocaine. Well, it, you know, it, it makes a, a certain amount of sense. As I am of the opinion that we should have far fewer laws and enforce those laws, um, you know, very well as opposed to having, uh, you know, as many laws, you know, all these laws that nobody knows and then these arbitrary enforcements on people that the politicians don't like. So I kind of understand their mindset on it. However, they haven't thought it all through, and they haven't heard all the sides. Brandon, only time for a few more quick thoughts. What else? Oh, I just think that uh, I, th- I think the best way for anybody to be able to maybe change this is not to wait for politicians to to decriminalize things or to you know take out certain laws, put certain laws in. I think it honestly would just take people uprising and saying, you know what, no, screw your little rules. We're just going to go ahead and do whatever we want to do. Yeah, uh, I know. agree with that. I think that uh, I think that drug users, responsible drug users, and there are a lot of them in this country, need to come out of the closet, and there needs to be some sort of mass civil disobedience. Uh, I don't care if it's across the country or if it's in just one area here in New Hampshire, something like that, Free State Project uh, kind of thing. Uh, but that's, I think, the, the thing that's necessary to show the American people that responsible drug users are everywhere, and they're very, very close by to them. They are fr- fr- uh, friends, they're family members, they're co-workers, and they're able to go to their jobs and come home and enjoy the drug of their choice completely responsibly and nobody gets hurt. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. We continue with Joe in Ohio. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. How Joe, you going tonight? What's on your mind, Joe? Well, I've been listening to your show. All right, good. We and so. it seems like everybody's missing the point. All right, what is it? Well, what we need to do is make a demand for unskilled labor by closing the borders and getting rid of all the illegals. Okay. How are you going to do that one, Joe? Well, that's the big question. Well, I think that I would hope that you would learn by now, Joe, that that force has unintended consequences. And we've uh, learned that we've been talking about the unintended consequences of... Joe, we've been talking all night about the, the unintended, unintended consequences that result from enforcing the war on drugs by forcing people into jail cells and using force on peaceful people. The people coming across the border, for the most part, are peaceful individuals who are looking to make a better life for themselves. And you're talking about some sort of massive police state uh, crackdown on freedom in this country in order to excise a certain group of people from this, uh, from this land. And I think it's, uh, it's madness. And I wish we had more time to discuss it with you. And I thank you for the I think you'll find that any time you use force on people, unintended consequences will result. And in I this think case, he's right that if we uh, crack down with a police state hard enough, the illegals will stop coming because we'll be a police state and they won't want to come anymore. They'll have more freedom in their little banana republic. That much is true. Let's continue with Luke in Michigan listening to WTKG. Hello, Luke. Hello, how are you doing? What's hey. on your mind tonight, Luke? Uh, I was listening to your radio show earlier and it was actually kind of funny. I heard one of you two hosts talk to a, a guest about uh, the difference between nicotine use versus heroin. Um, I've never heard of anybody overdosing on heroin be- or on uh, cigarettes before. Okay, and what's your point? The social scale difference between heroin protecting the public from the dangers of heroin. Do you know why? Let me, hear, let me let me go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, 
Okay, you can make just about every correlation to illegal drugs through alcohol and tobacco. You can't do it with either one of them, but you can do it with both. Have you heard of people drinking so much alcohol that they die? Oh, yes. Uh, okay, yes, great. Alcohol poisoning. Okay, good. I think he was just critiquing the fact that a comparison was made at some point between heroin and, and nicotine. But I'd like to point out that heroin overdoses uh, have more to do with the black market than anything else. Do you realize that? Oh, yes. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm a member of normal. I, I oh, understand that the, I, I voted here in Michigan in this last ballot for the legalization of marijuana for cancer patients. And Great. So, such a, so Good forth. deal. Well, just to explain it to those that, that don't. To explain it to those that don't know, the reason why people have overdoses on heroin is because the heroin product is being made in black market environments, uh, manufacturing environments, and sometimes the manufacturers will uh, create an inconsistent batch that is of a different potency than their last batch. It may be uh, accidentally um, sold out on the street. They, at don't even, that, they don't even know it because each, uh, each person that goes through cuts it, and it may have gone through fewer people to get to them the last time. So, so at the end user, so the end user believes he's buying a certain amount when, in point of fact, the amount that he's buying is actually far more potent than he actually believed it was. Because again, the black market has next to no quality control, and as a result of that, when he shoots up, he takes uh, too much of a dose and dies. That's where all that comes from. And I thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Enough time for Tom in Vermont listening to WKVT. Hello, Tom. Hey, Brattleboro is the name of the town. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that I believe that alcohol is the mind-altering drug that is the most dangerous in our society from almost any standpoint. Yep. Uh, just uh, anybody who argues with that <laughs> hasn't looked at the facts. <laughs> okay. Anything uh, else I guess that's about all. Yeah, you could expound if you, if you would like. Well, been there, done that, damn near died, been in jail. You don't think that we should outlaw, outlaw alcohol and try tr prohibition again, do you? I certainly don't think that has worked. No, nope, nope. certainly not. I think we should take a lesson from that. There are, are consequences of prohibition that we're still living with today. And like uh, what? Well, like uh, organized crime, or at least certain aspects of organized crime. Yeah. They got put, their funding then; they still exist. Yeah, it helped put. To, it helped. It did help put together. Uh, you know, some of the consortiums that still exist in organized crime. Another thing is, is uh, we're still coming down from liquor consumption. Uh, brewed alcoholic beverages were consumed on a larger basis prior to prohibition. So people drank wine and beer more than they drank liquor. But then, because well, it's distilled and it's easier to transport, liquor became the the sort of the drug of choice. And it's it's winding down. We're seeing more and more brewed spirits, uh, brewed alcohol uh, being dr drank in, in the United States and fewer, uh, you know, servings of liquor. Thank you, uh, Tom, for the call from nearby Brattleboro. Oh, Mark, we had a book to give away, didn't we? Shoot. Yep, it's the big idea. How are we doing it? How are we going to get this away? Uh, email me at mark at freetalklive.com if you want the book, and uh, we've got, I'll take the first five people. You have to be in the United States or Canada in order to get it. It's the big idea. It'll help you be a better entrepreneur. We'll mark at freetalklive.com. We'll see you Monday night, freetalklive.com. Live.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.